0: Hello, 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 and welcome to another of my podcast episodes. You are now tuned in to WDGS333 on this thankful Thursday. And I am Alfreda, your host, here to bring you the most of what did God say? My, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. I tell you, I'm sitting in again my little favorite spot this morning, before the sun peep across the trees. I'm on the porch at the table, at the table again. Just finished my little prelude of breakfast, and um, I got my Bible. And you may hear some few distractions in the background, but I tell you, you know, the more I I come to the porch. I think about Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you this morning, Lord. You know, Jesus used to go to the garden and we sing that song. I come to the garden alone. Jesus used to go to the mountaintop. Jesus used to go sit by the side of the sea. Oh, this morning, sometime you commune with God in such an awesome way atmosphere when you locate yourself somewhere i believe when you embrace nature oh my god see because the garden is nature the sea is the water the mountaintop just imagine now jesus first sermon was on the mountain oh my god i hope somebody got that he was somewhere out in nature And he was embracing, I imagine, the beauty of his father. Sometimes you have to surround yourself with a serene environment. You know, a lot of times people would tell me when they would come visit my home that it was so peaceful. And they said, we just get to your house and it's just so peaceful. You know, and I've even had a person to tell me they just look forward to come visit. Because it was peaceful. I had a mother that came and stayed with me years and years ago, an evangelist. And she said, ooh, your house is just so peaceful. Because I don't like a lot of ruckus in my home. I never have. Even when I was raising children, I still used to encourage my children. I said, listen, there are outdoor games and there are indoor games. When you are in the house, you play the indoor games. When you are outside, you play the outdoor games, which is bouncing a ball was just not permitted in my house because I know it can bounce and hit something accidentally and damage or break it. So you want to make sure that when you do things, you do them in an appropriate manner. But oftentimes, and that's this message today. This message is gonna be exciting. Oftentimes, the reason we don't do stuff in the proper manner is because we're not taught. Mm. Let me say that again. Oftentimes, we don't do things in the proper manner is because we are not taught. Mm. See, everybody is not taught the same way. Everybody is not raised the same way. We may have some things that are familiar. We may know some things that are similar. You know, there are some simple things that, you know, your mama or your daddy or both used to teach you like when you get up in the morning, wash your face and brush your teeth. But you'll be amazed. There are some people who may not have been taught that. And then there are certain things that, you know, people used to teach, you know, males the proper way to use the 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 the, the bathroom a, a opposite of the way that a woman did. And there were things that were taught proper, you know, that when you finish eating, you know, clean off your plate, rinse it off before you put it in the dishwater. Those were just some things that were taught to me. You know, and when you before you go to bed at night, make sure there are no dishes in the sink. Or, you know, people, we were taught that when you cook and the food cool off, because you got to wait for it to cool off, they say, then make sure you put it in the refrigerator before you go to bed. So there were different things that we were taught as growing up to bless our lives but although it became a tradition. Oh, I hope somebody get ready for this message. The title of this message and I gave it a title this morning and I got a couple of scriptures for you. But you know what? These messages that God releases is for a purpose. They're for a purpose. And my purpose is for God. And your purpose should be for God. So let me just give you the title. Pushing past the pain. Mm. Pushing past the pain. You know, one of the most challenging things I believe, I believe that every human being encounter is letting go what we need to let go. I believe that. I believe letting go of what we need to let go, I believe, I believe, can be among the most difficult tasks and challenges for our heart, our mind, our body, and our spirit. That's a constant work. That's why I say if if you're not constantly working in my other podcast, you have resorted to being lackadaisical. And that just equates to lazy. Your mind will always be working if it's challenged by letting go of what you need to. Mm. Your heart will always be challenged by letting go of what it needs to. Your body will always be challenged of letting go of what it needs to. And your spirit will as well. And that's why people exercise. Or that's why people with their body, they try to watch what they eat. To make sure that what they're eating is not caused by what's eating them. As my friend Pastor Peter can say. What you're eating is... And are you generated to eat unhealthy because something's eating you? Mm. Then another lady told me years ago, and when I went on an interview for a job, and she and I went out to eat to the buffet, all you can eat, and I asked her, I said, Miss Brenda, is that all you gonna eat? She put some little bitty spoons of about five items, and they were all vegetables. And I looked and I said, That's all you gonna eat? She said. I eat only to live. I don't live to eat. And I said, mmm, I never forgot that. See, letting go of what we need to let go can be among the most difficult tasks and challenges. And I'm going to tell you, you know, I got to give y'all always a little backdrop how I got to this. I woke up this morning with my mind on Jesus and I went there thinking about The traditional way how we as a people, and I was thinking about this as it resonated in my personal experience, how we don't hug and embrace and kiss people. And of course, you know, a lot of times, you know, my 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 root of my ministry is people who are wounded and scorned and broken and who have not cultivated how to push past the past. And the reason I say it because it's a constant work. It's not something you do overnight. See, pain that has been pushed down in you in order for anything that's down in you to pass out of you. Oh, my God. Mm. It goes through a cycle. It goes through a cycle even in our natural body. It goes through a cycle in our spiritual body. You know, in our spiritual body, we go through the cycle of first believing in God. We must believe. We must believe in order to be called ourselves a Christian. Somewhere in our life, we experience something or we was taught something, oh my God, to make us believe in an unseen, omnipresent God. And once we believe in God, then we start knowing of his word. And his word then tells us, okay, well now you need to believe in my son. And not just believe in him, but you must believe that he came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And then you must believe that he, he was crucified and he died for the remission of your sins. For all of our sins. And that the purpose of that was that when he, after he was buried, he could prove he was resurrected, that we may believe in even the greatest miracle of the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost, you know, a ghost is something you can't see. But the holy part in front of that ghost is what makes it an in-depth spiritual relationship with God. Now, in order to push past the pain... I want to share this with you. There are three things that would need to begin to become active in your life. God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Ghost. Now, once those three things become active in your life, there's two more things you're going to need to add to them for a total of five. That's the Word of God and become a witness of God. So, when I woke up this morning, you know, I went to thinking, why is it sometimes people get in relationships? You know, I like to talk about relationships as well. And it can be with your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your auntie, your uncle, your spouse, your best friend. It's not always exclusive to man and woman. But oftentimes, my thought process comes from that root thinking on relationship, man and woman. And why is it I was thinking some men will hug you, kiss you every morning, embrace you. And you know, me and y'all could say vice versa. It may be some women that'll do that and some women who don't. So when I talk about a man, I always do the vice versa, my brothers. Because I know it can be applicable to you all as well. But I be talking from me as a female so when I was thinking on those things and God said this to me this morning as I was in the kitchen preparing he said you know some people don't know how to hug and embrace people because they weren't taught that oh my god they weren't taught that you know I came up in an era where my grandmama my granddaddy they didn't hug us and kiss us like I see a lot of the millennia in the, in the, in the, in the babies do with their babies. And when I say babies, I mean grown-ups. You know, like my kids do with their kids. So, sometimes we get stuck. We get stuck on the tradition of the things from our past. So, how do we push past the past? Oh, my God. How do we let go of what we need to let go Even though it is a difficult thing because we've been trained, we've been taught this, it's been branded, oh my God, it's been branded in us, some of us, so severe that if we try it, even though it's a good thing, we walk in a fear. People are afraid sometimes to change and be challenged by change. But it starts with one day at a time, one step at a time. That's why I tell a lot of people, all addictions are not substance abuse. Some people are addicted to the pain from their past. And they walk and they talk and they suck with it every day. And instead of damaging them, it's damaging them all on the inside. Way, way, way worse than a drug addict. Because a drug addict got to get to theirs. But when you're damaged on the inside from the pain of your past, you're walking and talking and supping with that every day, all day. When you wake up throughout the day, when you lie down and you rise back up. And the sad part about a person like that, sometimes they can be worse than a person who is truly physically addicted to a drug substance. Because the people who got what. what uh, medically is determined altering mood substance, then you know why they act like they act. They took something to alter their mood. Maybe a drink, maybe a pill. But when a person is not intoxicated or not on what they call drugs, and most people reference that to street drugs, then they, they, they are a totally different person. But when you're dealing with a person who every day, all day, you be looking to see. You ever been around people like that? And you just be waiting because, see, the reason I say you have to wait because some people are untouchable. Some people, when you touch them, they be cringing. Don't touch me. Uh, And then they make excuses because they know they being rude. Don't touch you. How you say you love people, but you can't let people touch you? How can you think you can receive love if a person can't touch you? Oh, my God. See, people, for so long, we got so damaged. Because, see, we were taught love was survival. mm See, I came up in that era. So I can identify, seriously, you you know, you millennium babies, y'all might can't identify. But we came up when love was safety and survival. It was not hugs. It was not kisses. It was not embracing. You know, very few brothers got that and generally they be the baby boy. You know, the baby boy, I don't know what it is. You know, the mamas will show them or give them a little more hugs and kisses and, and love. And, or the baby girl. You know, and, and or, or the oldest. But either, either, either order it falls in, somewhere the mother nurtured that child physically. And that caused this child to be approachable. It caused this child to be more outgoing. It caused this child to embrace other people. But I'm sharing this because when you see people sometimes and they so standoffish and they're not used to being embraced or hugged or loved, you can see it. Oh, yes, you can. Because they skittish. And then men, and I got to say this, Not to no offense, but into my experience. The men who was not nurtured to love and push past that pain that a man ain't supposed to embrace and hug and, you know, all this stuff. That's a man. I'm a man. The only time they get taught that is in the bedroom. Mm. See, then you start recognizing the damage. And you say something is causing this. Then the spirit of the Lord, he began to speak to me because I was just, sometimes I just go down my my memory lane. And when I go down my memory lane, I start dissecting different things and encounters on my journey. You know, and, and, and on my journey, you know, when I when I start thinking about these things, I said, well, mm, what made this person? act like this or that one. act like that or this one. act like that so that's when the lord said to me that's determined by how people push past the pain see i had to push past the tradition and let go of what i needed to let go because i was raised you don't do all that hugging you don't run around i didn't hug people growing up Only time I understood and I'm going to bring it on me is when you shake sheets. That's when you hug and kiss and embrace. But I started doing it with my children. And I'm going to tell you why. I started hugging my children. And now I got a habit of it. I like to hug them coming in and hug them going out. But I didn't used to do that. Sadly, even when they was growing up. You know, you have your little pet peeves. Now, like I said, the baby boy, he, he, he got a little more hugs. I'm just going to be honest. Because he was going through a medical situation at birth. And, you know, he got that nurturing because I lived in a phobia because he had the same diagnosis as a baby that I had just lost the year before. So to keep him alive. And that's amazing. I felt I needed to give him that nurturing. How many of you know, and this revelation just coming to me on this podcast. Now, God just told me this. Some relationships we can keep alive if we learn to get past and push past that pain of the past and nurture it. We need to nurture people Sometimes people. We need to hold and embrace people sometime. And not just because there's an, a sexual arousal. Oh, my God. You know, I can get lengthy, so I got to move on in this podcast. Because the Holy Ghost will take over sometime. And, 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 but I want to be decent and in order. But I want to share something with you now, even before I get off of this subject right quick. Don't don't get caught up now, because there's some people that just they, they grew up with so many hugs and kisses, they just love to hug and kiss you. But that don't mean it's love now. See remember old school they taught us that love was survival. Love was making sure you can take care of your kids. If you didn't take care of your children, that means you didn't love them. If you didn't if you didn't keep your children safe, that means you didn't love them. Because to love somebody means that you want them to have the best in life that you can give them. And you want to keep them safe to stay alive. Now, nowadays, people will hug and kiss their kids, but they don't make sure they're safe. And they don't do things decent in order for them to survive. So it's amazing how things have shifted from generation to generation. But I'm here today to say that all of it is needed. Let's incorporate it. Let's make sure that we nurture people for survival, safety, and then we also embrace them. See, we need the full package. But I didn't understand the full package until the word became my witness. Now, everybody that hug and kiss you I gotta say this I gotta say this everybody that hug and kiss you don't mean that they truly understand even how to love you. It's some people that can hug and kiss you every day and not understand how to love you see don't get don't get don't get in an illusion because Jesus had to encounter that with Judas. And Jesus, even when he was speaking to him, he knew. He said, he said, he said, it's gonna be one out of the twelve. And then he went on and called his name. He said, but but Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayed thou the son of God with a kiss. Now I just read it out the Bible. It's in Luke twenty two and forty eight. See, Jesus said, you're you you, you, you going to betray me with a kiss. And that's what he did. Because he made a plot and a plan. Oh, my God. With the people who wanted to get rid of Jesus. And I ain't saying to take him somewhere and hide him out. They literally wanted to crucify him. But they needed to be absolutely sure who was Jesus when they came Among the multitude of the disciples. But they wanted to be absolutely sure they got the right person. So they made a deal with Judas behind Jesus' back. That's why I got a thing with betrayal and loyalty. They made a deal with Judas. A man who hung out with Jesus. Oh my God, I hope somebody got that. Who hung out with Jesus and Jesus asked him to pray for him. But somebody came and gave him an offer. And because he feared, if he didn't tell him, perhaps, I don't know, he might as well make a little money out the deal because they offered him some money. And they said, you know, if you point out Jesus, we'll give you a bag of coins. And so he, didn't, he wasn't rude. Now, he didn't point at his finger. He said, okay, well, I'm going to kiss him. And you would know that's the one. So when he kissed Jesus on the cheek, that's how they knew exactly who it was. So every kiss, don't mean you need to watch some kisses because some people kiss you to betray you. Amen. But we want to talk about the genuineness of a person who really loves and cares and, and they believe they adore you. Can you let go of what you need to let go? You know, to challenge yourself and your mind and your body and your spirit. To push past your pain of being raised a certain kind of way. You know, we get, we get caught up in the way we are raised. And sometimes that stuff will overtake us till it might, you know, irritate another person. But, you know, it's important for us to move our mind from tormenting activity. Move our mind from tormenting activity. And see, when a person sits down and say, I want to hug them, I want to embrace them. But I'm afraid. And most fear of being embraced or not embraced is because a person has experienced and encountered so much rejection. And because of the rejection, that fear sets in. Fear sets in the flesh and it torments. And we don't and when we don't let go of the pain and push past that pain from our past, no matter where we got it from, our mama, daddy, children, sister, brother, cousin friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend from high school, your husband, your wife, or even God. See what happens is we allow anger and bitterness, envy, jealous, it begins to breathe space in our brain. That's what it does. And it becomes unhealthy. And what it does, it leads to some form of brain damage. Now you can have damage and control your damage, but it's still there. And until we allow God to purge us and give us a peace within, that damage is going to cause us to make damaging choices. Why do we feel the way we do? Why do we feel that it's so complicated when we see everybody else? You know, I like watching romantic movies. You know, I really do. I like watching movies that that touch my heart. I like watching action movies. But why do we feel the way we do? You know, and I and as I was studying the word this morning in, in, in the in the book of Luke, and I was was just processing stuff in my mind and, and and I was just thinking about how so many grown-ups are still so damaged and broken that they that they, 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 they don't even know how to embrace and hug somebody and just hold them. You know, if somebody even tried, I mean, I'm, not, I'm talking completely outside of the bedroom. If somebody tried, they may just crumble. They may just crumble because for so long they may have yearned just to be embraced. You know, I love hugging people. Oh, I hug them all in the church, but I hug them in my house too. See, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a show and tell. I'm not on showtime at the church. I'm on showtime all time. I just like to embrace people. I I, I really do. Because embracing people lets them feel that it's okay. You're all right with me. It don't have to be mushy and lusty, it's just a form of greeting, it's a greeting. And if a person embrace you and they're trembling and they're shaking, it's like, what's that about? Is it because there's not custom accustomed to doing that? But it's tying people as believers to get out of what we feel and why we feel the way we do. Now that don't mean you lay hands on anybody and everybody. But if you say you love somebody, now you shouldn't have no problem with hugging and embracing them. I'm just saying. But I want to give you a few little pointers. I was reading over some notes I had, and they were written November the, the 20th, 2011. And I wrote about FMS. And I, I put a definition on the side. I, I don't know what, I, what where it came from, but it's frequency-specific. It's frequency-specific microcurrent. And I made sure to Google it again before I came on this podcast. Because in my notes, I put it's a treatment for pain. Mm. Frequency-specific microcurrent is a treatment to help with pain. And what it is, is an electrical current that they will put in your body. Oh, my God. I hope somebody get this. It's an electrical current that's put into an area of your body that's damaged. They say it's a soft tissue, which is a part of your flesh. Oh, I hope somebody get this now. Frequency-specific microcurrent. Sometimes we need an electrical current of the Holy Ghost. Into an area of our bodies where it says soft tissue, which is our flesh, that's damaged. And it says on into the definition. I'm going to just read straight out the definition. It's an electrical current into an area of damaged soft tissues to enhance a healing process. Now, that's what I got off of Wikipedia this morning. To enhance a healing process process. See, that's a powerful word. It's been used for many, 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 many years. Process. Look it up. It's a step by step by step. And that's what the definition says that FMS is. Some of us need an electrical current into the areas that's damaged our flesh to enhance a healing process. And you know, even at that sometime, God will put people on our way to do that. But we don't even know how to embrace it. We so deeply damaged. We can't push past the damage of our pain to in, even embrace a treatment. Oh, my God. To enhance a healing process. Now you know I, I I don't know how many listen, but my podcast yesterday was about the checklist. The checklist is very powerful because I'm gonna start running myself off of checklists. You know checklists are just like highlights. They just like little bullets. They help you retain better than a whole chronological in a chronological list. They help you contain better in a chronological list sometimes than just just trying to memorize an entire whole chapter or book. But there were some points and highlights, even about the flesh. The flesh causes many of our trespasses. That's why the Bible said, forgive us our trespasses. Our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, some of you may be asking what trespass is. And, I, and if you already know, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But trespasses are generally unconscious wrong. hmm I hope somebody got that. So when we ask God to forgive us of our trespasses, that's why we need that. Every time I pray, I ask God to forgive me. I never usher in the prayer language or a prayer period without asking God to forgive me. And I know sometimes, you know, just like Jesus used to say, and I and I heard their thoughts. Oh, I can hear some people, oh, well, seeing she done committed. No, 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 no. When the Bible said, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's a two-fold sword. That in order for God to forgive us, now that's a three-chord. See, we got to ask for forgiveness. We ask God to forgive others, that He may forgive us. Oh, I hope somebody got that. So when we quote these prayers, we need to study people. When they say, "Forgive us our trespasses, as we," that means simultaneously forgive those. That means if you're gonna ask God to forgive you, you need to have, you need to be in the same, you need to be in the same seat, forgiving others. See, when you ask God to forgive you, you want to sit in and see the seat of forgiveness. But you want other people to still be cast in hell. It don't work like that. Not in the realm of God. It might work like that in your world. <laughs> but in the realm of God, he, when we quote these prayers, people, the Bible said when we ask God to forgive us as we, forgive those. That's at the same time. Our trespasses. Now the trespasses is the unconscious wrong. And I'm going to tell you three things when I define by these trespasses, this checklist. Sin, evil, and wickedness. Mm. So then I took, when I looked up trespasses, sin, evil, and wickedness, then I broke them three words down. Sin is, 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 and I got it, you know, through the Bible and some of it, through Webster. Sin is a, the Bible says, knowing to do good and does not. Now, he make it real simple, real plain. That's sin. And sin is a trespass. Evil is knowing what you are doing is causing hurt and harm to yourself and to others. Mm. Let me read that one more time. Evil is knowing what you are doing is causing hurt and harm to To yourself and others. See that's why we we go on down in that prayer and say forgive us for our evil. All evil. See when we know what we are doing. When a person know they are doing something to hurt you. Or harm you. Or even to themselves. That's an act of evil. Now wicked is the physical walk in the presence of all the above. The sin, the trespasses, the evil, that's just wicked. It's when you've carried out in the presence of all the other sin, trespasses, iniquity, evil, you get wicked and above all the above and you plot and plan to keep these works active. See, that's why people call witches wicked. Because witches, that's why I don't do Halloween. Witches, let me help somebody since we're coming into this season. Witches constantly used to stir the pot, if you even remember that. And they constantly cast spells and told stuff. They constantly plotted and planned to keep the evil works active. Mm. Are you wicked? Oh my God. Mm. If we are true believers and we go around talking about I'm a child of the Most High King, well, the kingdom of God should be within us. And if the kingdom of God is within you, then you won't be operating in wickedness for sure. You may have some trespasses, some sins and do a little evil, but you shouldn't be running around plotting and planning how to keep hurting people and harming people somewhere you have to push past the pain because that's where it comes from. That's where it's come from. If every woman you get with, you fall out with, if every man you get with, you can leave and you don't look back because you think they are the worst creature on earth. And if your mind sits down and plot and plan how to keep this evil in force, that's time to check your kingdom. Of God within you. I'm telling you now. That's why a lot of time I speak to believers. See, because I already know I used to say this years ago, it's two, it's two segregated people in there, and please don't take this the wrong way, but I'm just keeping it one thousand. It's two segregated people that I always had a clear understanding: the Caucasians. And the African Americans. But you know, from the old school days, the 60s, you know, that's, I'm saying it in a nice way. So I had an expectation from back in the 60s, you know, when the man said, if you drink from this fountain, because me and my auntie were walking uptown and I was thirsty, he had a gun that he pulled on a bitty girl, a libbity girl, and, 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 and said, get away and call me the N word. So, I had a clear understanding at points and times on my journey. Okay, they sit over here. This is how they feel about us. Now, not everybody. Because I had some really nice Caucasian friends. I really did. But I knew in the reality of things, and I'm just talking about the reality, there were some people that were Caucasians that really did not like what they call black people in a nice way back then. And there were another group of people. There were the saints and the sinners. See, I had expectations from the sinners. I knew what we all did because I was the bonafide one. I used to say in my Rella snake days. So when I got with sinners, if they say, girl, she talked about you behind your back, she cut your throat, she did this, she got with your man, you know, and, and, and then she, she, she took from you. Okay, those expectations, okay. Because I understood the difference between saints and sinners. So when I knew as a sinner, oftentimes we fall into privy to doing any and all kind of old stuff. If we don't have enough God in us to checkmate us. So I knew there were some people when they showed me that they were prejudiced against my color of my skin, I can respect them because they let me know that's just how they feel. I didn't fall out with people people. I didn't fall out with a person who showed me how they were and let me know this is how I am. I'm letting you know. In some shape, form, or fashion, I don't like y'all. And when a sinner let me know, look, I'm a sinner. I'm your man, but I cheat. I like women. See, I don't have a problem with people being authentic. Whatever you are, be real. Now, see, my problem, and that's why I say some things, it do vex my spirit. When you start talking to me and telling me, oh, I'm a child of the most high king. But it's too short. You been over, and all you see is the back of your, your, your naked world. Or I'm a child of the Most High King, I know, I know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a man of God, but you probably got more pictures of privates in your phone than the brother in the street. Oh, I know nobody don't want to hear this. <laughs> Let me keep on pushing and past this, because <laughs> I know I'm getting ready to step on some toes, but I just like to keep it real. I'm just only saying, if we say that we are children and that we you royal priesthood and all this stuff, which it sounds good. But if you are a child of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is within you, let me just say this. Then you will begin to seek ye first the kingdom of God. When I see people running and chasing everything but the kingdom of God, see, I put a big question mark. And I don't say nothing sometimes because that's between them and God. Listen, let me tell you, anything I say, it it, is not to put anybody on front street. It is to enlighten you because I read it for myself. And it's nothing that I read for myself that is not applicable for me. I'm going to apply it to myself. Even if I don't do it in the moment of the season, I know it's in me. And I know God is gonna hold me accountable because He does not let me know to whom much is given, much is required. And then I'm gonna be whipped with many stripes. Well, somebody else might be whipped with few stripes. But we all gonna get a whipping when we don't do what God say do. If we say we love God, ooh, help me this morning. Now, let me just share this with you why I like to talk about God, because the Bible encourages us to do that. When Jesus came back. After he appeared and after they left from from in the upper room and and all of that had transpired and the Holy Ghost had came, you know, then Jesus came back to the disciples and they was terrified and afraid and, 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 and they thought they saw a ghost. They thought they saw a spirit. And he said unto them, why are you troubled? And why do your thoughts arise in your hearts? See, that's why I keep trying to tell people your heart and your mind work together. Don't fool yourself to think it don't. It said, "Check it out. It's in my book of uh, fruits of the fruits fruits of the spirit." Uh, uh, what, ladies? What did God say? Verse thirty nine in Luke twenty four. It said, "Behold, my hands and my feet that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have." And when he had spoken, he showed them his hands. He showed them his feet. You know, even Jesus had to put evidence before people. Sometimes you just got to show people. You got to show people sometimes, people. We got to push past the past. Push past the past and show people. Oh, my God. And Jesus didn't have no problem with showing people. It wasn't like, I ain't got to show them that. They believe what they want to believe. Jesus didn't take that attitude. Oh, my God. He showed them. He said, and and why they yet believe not? Sometimes you can show somebody something. You can show somebody you love them, and they still don't believe it. See, that ain't got nothing to do with you, baby. That's something inside of them. They believe not for joy, and they wonder. And he said unto them, have you any meat? So he gave him, he, he asked them a question. And so they gave him a piece of fish and some honeycomb. And, and then I guess they, they, when they saw him eating, they were like, well, you know, a ghost can't eat. So, okay, that kind of encouraged their belief. And then Jesus said unto them, he said, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. So what that means? That's a repeat he, he reminding them, then this is nothing I just said. Sometimes you ever notice you when you talk to some people, you need to repeat what you say. I'm gonna get on down. And he said, and I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled, which are written in the law of Moses. So I done told you this before. It was already here if it was written by Moses. And he said in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So this is nothing new is nothing new. It nothing vexed my spirit more than when I tell somebody something about me. They choose not to believe, so I got to repeat myself because I definitely repeat myself when I tell people I am not impressed by no car, no house, no clothes, no, no status quo, no acclamation. You want to impress me. Whatever you tell me, honor that. Now I'm impressed. And sometimes I have to repeat that to people because I'm not impressed by your stuff. See, if you tell me that you know how to love a woman, I'm going to look for that. And then if you show me, I'm really going to be impressed by that. But if you tell me something that I don't see, see, then I got a big question mark in the center of my forehead that you can't see. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, let me let me move on. Then open, it said Jesus. Now, then open he their understanding. That they might understand the scripture, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it be loved Christ, suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and yet, and ye are witness of these things and behold I send the promise of my father upon you but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endowed with power from on high and he led them out as far as to Bethany and he lifted up his hands and blessed them okay I want to put a pen right there right quick. See, he blessed them. But he did three things. He repeated what he said to them. And he said in his word, because you can go back and read it for yourself. He said, now I'm repeating this that you may understand. That you might understand. And that your understanding is open. See, the Bible says he opened their understanding that they might understand the scripture. And the scripture. Do you understand the scripture? Is your understanding open? And the purpose that Jesus repeated them to them this information for them to understand, he said, for a cause. He said, look, I, you say you believe in me. Now, if you believe that I don't suffered and I, I, I have rose from the dead on the third day. I did that for a reason. I did that that the repentance and remission of sins should be preached. See, that's why I say I I, I don't understand people when they say, well, you don't got to talk about God. Okay, well, uh, what you think your purpose or your walk is? Now, it's right here in the scripture. You have an assignment to give this information out to the nation. He said beginning in Jerusalem and ye are witnesses of these things. So he repeated information for their understanding, and then he said, it's written. So if something is wrote down for you to do, those are instructions. But if you follow the instructions, he said, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, that if you tell people about me, you tell people about me, see, that's your blessing. That's how we get blessed people. But that's how we get blessed. When we tell people about the goodness of God. When we tell people about the word of God. But he told them, don't just run out there now. See, this is the key thing that stuck with me. Don't just run out there just because you done learned a few scriptures. And, and you need to know. He, Jesus told him now. He said, listen here. Until you are endowed with power from on high. Mm, Not your girlfriend, not your bishop, not your wife, not your husband, not your sister, not your pastor. He said, until you are endowed with power from on high, you need to be still. Mm. (laughs) Don't make no move. Don't do nothing unless you know you endowed with power from on high. You know, I just thank God always for the revelations. I thank God for the impartations. And I just thank God for being able to share what God has already instructed me to do. is to share the gospel. Share the gospel. You know, to walk in faith. Because without faith, we make failing grades. See, we must believe. You know, we must believe. Some traditions, some traditions are a blessing. Don't get me wrong when I talk about pushing past your past. Some traditions are a blessing, but some of them are bondage. Now, the one that they taught us, that you don't got to hug nobody, show them that, to prove you love them. Sometimes we really do need to push past some of them traditions. We really do, you know. Because what happens is we get to a place where we'll know the word, but we won't know God. See, and that's because when we know God, God prepares us to open up. And we don't walk in that fear because God then showed us people can't hurt you or use you. I got you. You just show love. And if you don't have a fear of not getting love in return, you have to trust that God, your Father, got you. He'll send the right person at the right time. See, I'm at a place, people, I'm going to tell you something better than ever before. I have a peace within. I don't always have peace around me, but I got a peace within. But I'm just talking to you. See, because you can know God. Word. You can know God, Word, and not know God. God can prepare a table before us. But he ain't going to put the food in our mouth. Hello. Take lead from where you live. Take lead from where you live. I believe that's why the Bible says a man can't rule a church if he don't know how to rule his own house well. Take lead from where you live. And sometimes we have to get in that place where we have to get like Daniel. When we in the lion's den, we can make the lion become good company. As I'm going to quote E. Yonlevan's The lion become interesting company. And the den becomes a virtue. How many of you think you can lay all night in the den with a lion and have good company? See, you can be good company to anybody when God in you. When God in you. You can be confident and enjoy the lion who you sitting there don't know when he going to bite your head off. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's why they threw Daniel in the lion's den. They threw him in there for the lion to eat him up. But what happened when he went in that den and got locked in there, he couldn't even run out. Oh, my God. The lion became interesting company. And the den became a virtue. And when they went back the next day, they're thinking they gon' see what a lion done ravaged his body down to the bones, and he's sitting up there being company with the lions. Oh, imagine how they had a whole different look at Daniel. And they, I bet you, they respected the God that he served after that. I just want to appeal to somebody as I bring this podcast to a close to know: just because it looked bad, don't mean it's bad. Don't look at your situation now. Stand on faith. You cannot base the outcome of a situation on how it looked today. Because when we do that, we don't have faith in God. You cannot, I got to say this again, you cannot base the outcome of a situation on how it looks today. If you're going to trust God, you're going to still need to live by faith. Let God speak a word in you. And not just always look for God to lift you up. But let God live down inside you. Let God be the God that I am. I am who they say I am. Sometimes someone will say, I I don't got to check my time. But uh, just continue to move by faith. Continue to move by faith. Remember, Jesus loves you. And the only purpose and reason that he came is because his father loved us too. He said, I sent my only begotten son. See, for God, the scriptures say, for God so loved the world. God loves all of us if we breathe in, no matter what we've done. See, just because we're looking at a situation now, we don't know how God made miraculous move in our lives. He can give us the person that compliments us. He can give us the things that our heart desires. We don't have to run around in this world falling out with people and being mad with people because we don't make it with them. I get along with all of my exes. It's time to mature people. And if you haven't matured, try and, and see if you can get you one of them FMS. You know, to purge you. I'm going to come up with me a spiritual name for that. A faith or something in the spirit. Yeah, I'm going to get me something to go with that acronym. Oh, I just need the Holy Ghost to give it to me. But people, just just get out of our flesh. And, and, and away from that damage. And, and I tell people, it's no excuse anymore for being in bondage. Because it's too much information out here that we can be liberated free and delivered from any bondage. is something you don't even have to go to the psychiatrist now if you don't want to they got a three-step process on google all you need to do is google whatever area you need help but this is the this is the biggest clincher remember what i said in the beginning that's the greatest challenges i believe we have is letting go You just have to trust God by faith and let go of the ways that has been bondage because you don't want to push past your past. And until the next podcast upload. You have a beautiful blessed day in the Lord and as always may the blessings from heaven flow, flow, flow down into your life. Meet all of your needs, your good wants and the things your hearts desire as you delight yourself in the Lord. And may as you continue to live that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. And thank you again for tuning in and receiving An awesome word that hopefully will resonate in your spirit and your life will be transformed. And just like Jesus told the disciples, blessings to you. I bless you. In Jesus name. Amen. Peace out.